Hello everyone, my name is Ariana Aronson. And I'm Nabil Raza. And this is On Record, a podcast by the Cavalier Daily. Nabil, how was your past week? Pretty busy. Are you in midterm season? Yes. How are we feeling about spring break coming up? Really excited. Do you have any fun plans? Um, yeah, I'm going to a cabin near Asheville. Oh, that'll be fun. How about you? I'm headed to New York, actually, with one of my classes. Cool. One thing I spent a lot of time this week doing was giving an outreach for the Peer Health Educators. That's so cool. I didn't know that you worked with PHE. Speaking of that, we're actually talking about body, to- body positivity and eating disorder awareness initiatives that happened last week. This episode has a few content warnings. We discuss statistics surrounding eating disorders and related deaths, the mental illness effects, and hear from someone who has struggled themselves with an eating disorder. We encourage you to take the space and time you need if you decide to keep listening. Your mental health matters. Last week, several organizations around grounds held events in celebration of body positivity and in support of those struggling with eating disorders. Similar events were held at other schools, such as Virginia Tech and Northwestern University. The Peer Health Educators, a group of students working under UVA's Office of Health Promotion, organized Celebrate Everybody Week every year. This year, the PHEs hosted a Jeans Exchange and other events. Some form of peer health education has existed at UVA since 1971. It can be a powerful tool for communicating about sensitive health and well-being topics. Today, the UVA PHEs provide training on a range of topics from healthy sexuality to alcohol safety. To learn more about the PHE's efforts surrounding body image, nutrition, and wellness, we spoke to Anahita Golchin, the content specialist for nutrition and wellness. Can you introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about your role as the nutrition content specialist with the PHEs? Yeah, so my name is Anahita Golchin. I'm a fourth year and I'm the nutrition content specialist intern for the Peer Health Educators. And in my role, I mainly focus on coordinating Peaching Kitchen volunteers, which actually just opened in the student health building. And I also help coordinate events for Celebrate Everybody. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about Celebrate Everybody? Yeah. So Celebrate Everybody is a series of events that happen in the spring semester that focus on body positivity, allowing students to engage with body positivity by participating in events such as the Jeans Exchange. And we're actually planning on having a well-being hike in addition to even art therapy, which allows people to write messages of body positivity and embrace just having a healthy, healthy lifestyle and focusing mainly on just being happy and healthy. Mm, thanks for sharing. Do you do like Celebrate Everybody Week? Yeah, so Celebrate Everybody, well, we're changing it to Celebrate Everybody events this semester. We used to have all the events in one week. Um, However, this semester, we decided to spread them all out throughout the course of the semester in order to adequately market for all of the events and also just to get enough volunteers. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because I knew that in the past it had been like Celebrate Everybody Week. Just circling back a little bit, I just wanted to ask like, what motivated you to take on the role of nutrition content specialist like and why that role specifically appealed to you? Well, I guess starting off with being a PhD, I was interested in learning about well-being and nutrition and general health. And I got introduced to PhD through a friend who was in the club. So I decided through the 
through my friend that I was going to apply and I, and I got in and my first year I learned so much about like sexual health and mental health and, and nutrition. And I realized that nutrition was something that I was specifically like really interested in. So that led me to apply to the position as nutrition content specialist. And from there I got the position and I've been really enjoying it. I've learned a lot about having like healthy body image and coordinating events that surround healthy body image. Thanks so much. I just wanted to talk about like, why do you think body positivity work and nutrition work as well is important specifically at UVA? I think, yeah, I think in general and at UVA, I think that um, we need to bring awareness to body positivity. Maybe students feel the need to um, fit into certain standards. And I think that um, through these events and bringing awareness, students can feel more comfortable with wearing things that fit them or or just focusing more on nutrition and in eating what's right for them and their body and not necessarily focusing on a specific weight goal or looking a certain way. So I think that's really... I think that's a beautiful way to frame nutrition, like as your own needs. Does OHP and PHEs currently have an outreach on nutrition or body positivity? Currently, our outreach is mainly hands-on, and through that, we are doing a lot of teaching kitchen sessions Mm -hmm. in the student health building, so students can learn about nutrition, well-being, and healthy eating through the teaching kitchen classes. We decided that this year, we weren't necessarily going to have outreaches, but patient ed sessions will still be provided to students who would like to have nutrition and body image-focused patient ed sessions. Do you want to talk a little bit more about patient ed sessions? Yeah, so patient ed sessions are held by our PHE volunteers, and normally they're anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour, and students will come by to the Office of Health Promotion in the Student Health Building, and they'll sit down and talk with a PHE about maybe some goals that they want to establish or things that they're struggling with, and PHEs are here to listen. Are there any things that you would like to see happen while you're in the role or when someone else is in the role in the future? Um, to expand OHP and the PHE's nutrition and body positivity programming? And what do you think that would look like? Yeah, I think that at least for me, I would love to see more events um, other than the Genes Exchange. We've also had Perfect Illusions, which is essentially a forum for students to come in come and essentially talk about their struggles with eating disorders. I think that we need to have more events and, and bring greater awareness. But yeah, other than that, I'm hopeful that in the future for the person that takes over my role, they, they definitely improve in like the marketing aspect and like getting more students involved and, and even outside of PHE, just getting more students involved in, in nutrition and interest in promoting a positive body image. Yeah, I'm really excited about like all of the resources that OHP is getting. Like I haven't been to a teaching kitchen class yet, but I would be really excited to go. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you guys for your time. I really appreciate it. PHE is not the only organization promoting body positivity on grounds. The Maxine Platzer Lynn Women's Center at UVA places a focus on this topic with their body positive team. This team aims to educate the community on body positivity and spreads messages of radical self-love through an intersectional social justice lens. The Women's Center provides many opportunities for student involvement in their programming. We spoke with Julia Perezo, an intern with the UVA Women's Center Body Positive Team. Here we are with Julia Perezo. Julia, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Julia. 
Uh, I use to her pronouns. I am a fourth year in the College of Arts and Sciences studying political philosophy, policy, and law. And I'm also a senior intern with the Body Positive team at the Women's Center. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Body Positive team at the Women's Center is and what your work is? Yeah, absolutely. So the Women's Center has several different programs that students are allowed to get involved with during their time at UVA. Um, basically, the Body Positive team is just one of those programs, so it's a very small, tight-knit team. Uh, and our goal is to kind of uh, extend messages of body positivity through a very intersectional social justice lens around grounds. Uh, and we do that through a lot of facilitations, whether that be through um, the body project facilitations that we do specifically with the Young Women's Leadership Project, or with residence halls, or with CIOs, or with sororities. It really just depends, and we try and get a very wide range of facilitations going on throughout the year. And then on top of that, we have a lot of messaging and social media goals um, that we try to meet where we can make educational resources that are very easily accessible to people, especially through Instagram. Yeah, and outside of that, we just try and do a lot of our own little passion projects that are around body positivity. Um, so everyone kind of has their own thing and niche that they try and expand upon. So we have members that are super into informing, especially the queer community here about body positivity, how that relates in queer spaces. We're also trying to expand it to more masculine spaces. So we're doing more than muscles, which is the body project equivalent. And then mine is very much in empowering BIPOC individuals to find body positivity themselves. Beautiful. That sounds like really cool work. Can you tell us a little bit about the establishment of the body positive team within the Women's Center and how you became involved in the Women's Center to begin with? Yeah, so I had a couple of friends who were interns when they were fourth years and I was a first year, and I just thought that they were really cool. <laughs> so I figured that, okay, I vaguely am in favor of this message. I would like to like my body. I think that other people would benefit from liking their bodies. Just never really thought very critically about how my body showed up in spaces and how maybe other systemic forms of oppression might influence that. So I applied for the position and I talked just about this like one experience that I had in high school where essentially I went to a super white high school. So all my friends were white. They were all like blonde or brunette, like pretty tall, long legs. Just like we looked very different. Um, and I remember being really insecure one day, especially about my thighs. And I talked to my mom about it and I was like, yeah, my thighs are just so thick and like like my jeans always fit kind of weird and like all my friends have thigh gaps which is like for some reason some like thing that people were really trying to do even though that's like just totally genetic so I was just complaining about it and I felt like it was just some insecurity and her response was just kind of like oh well everyone in our family has thick thighs like every like we're Filipino like most Filipinos have like thick thighs and it's just like a genetic thing she's like you can do all the things that you want to due to that would maybe like get you to lose weight so you can like diet you can work out all the time you can do whatever but she was like so at the end of the day even if you lost a bunch of weight all the weight would still be like in your thigh so she was like it's one of those things that you just have to accept and just hearing that in that conversation I was like oh okay <laughs> like there there are things that I just won't be able to change about myself like my eyelids are always going to look like this like my eyebrows are never going to be as, like, thick as some of my friends who just have, like, very thick eyebrows. They're just, like, things that genetically I can't change. And that's okay, and I just have to carry that with me. And it was just very liberating to kind of see that, like, my body is what it is, and that's, like, a wonderful thing. That, like, there are things that you can't change about yourself, and that's really great sometimes. So with that, I had that conversation with my program director. Thankfully, she hired me and brought me onto the team. And then since then, those conversations have just kind of developed from there, especially about BIPOC and disabled individuals um, and how they can find some sort of body positive, radical self-love within these spaces.
No, absolutely. What would you say to anyone that's listening that might be struggling with similar feelings or anything within this realm? What would you say to them to hopefully help them continue throughout their day or any resources that they might be able to reach out to that you guys provide? I think the first thing is that I think there's a myth that like to be body positive, you have to wake up every morning and like be in love with your body and love everything you see. I don't think that that's what body positivity really is. And I think that that's a really unfair expectation for anybody so I think my first piece of advice is just like you can be body neutral body negative you can feel all the different things you want to feel about your body and still feel body positive at the end of the day I also think that with that body positivity is more than just finding internal acceptance of your body but also being aware of how you view other people's bodies so you can love your body all you want but if you're fat phobic you're not really body positive because you're judging other people and how they show up in different spaces And that's just as problematic as not loving your own body in itself. So I think that there's a lot of internal work that people have to do to love their bodies, which is so crucial. But the other side of that is learning how to love other people's bodies as well. I think the last little piece of advice is just like, we talk about bodies, um, we talk about the way that they show up, but at the end of the day, your body is your least interesting thing about you. Like there's so many other wonderful things about every single person. So love your body and take care of it because it's your body, it's your only one that you have. But also recognize that like your body is not everything about you. It's not the only thing that's important about you. And if people only respect you and give you love and acceptance because of your body, that's a reflection on them and not on you. They should be looking deeper than your body as well. So Very well said. Yeah. We appreciate your words. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on, Julia. We of appreciate course. your vulnerability and everything that you had to share. And I hope that people do utilize the Women's Center and the Body Positive team because it sounds like you guys are doing really great work. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Another organization engaging in this work is the NIDA Campus Warriors. NIDA stands for the National Eating Disorders Association, and the Campus Warriors are their college and university outreach program. There are chapters at universities around the country. Established just a few months ago, the organization puts a specific lens on those who have struggled and are struggling with eating disorders. NIDA is a national organization. It is the largest nonprofit dedicated to supporting individuals and their loved ones impacted by eating disorders. The association was founded in 2001 to provide knowledge and resources for those who struggle with eating disorders. Eating disorders are defined as, quote, illnesses that affect a person's relationship with food and body image, end quote, according to Single Care. National Eating Disorders Collaboration says, quote, eating disorders are a serious mental illness. They are not a lifestyle choice or a diet gone too far, end quote. Around 20 million women and 10 million men will struggle with an eating disorder in their lifetime. Those numbers aren't known widely. They are not talked about widely. They go unnoticed, just like an eating disorder or mental illness might. According to NEDC, quote, about one person dies every hour as a direct result of an eating disorder, end quote. They also share, quote, anorexia is the most deadly mental illness. One study found that people with anorexia are 56 times more likely to commit suicide than people without an eating disorder, end quote. NIDA Week was celebrated last week. During this week, NIDA and other organizations host events which bring attention to eating disorders and their impacts. NIDA Week has been recognized by the National Eating Disorders Association for more than 30 years. It was established due to the increased recognition that everyone has a different relationship with food and that, unfortunately, the number of people with an eating disorder has increased significantly. Despite NIDA Week being established by the association earlier, it was not nationally recognized until 2018. What comes with national recognition is the need for innovation, research, and prevention programs. To learn more about NIDA's efforts here at UVA, we spoke to Charlotte Malone, a founding member and member of the executive board of UVA's chapter of NIDA Campus Warriors. Hi, Charlotte. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? 
I'm good. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share. We just wanted to learn a little bit more about your organization and um, your role. So if you could tell us a little bit, like, and also tell us about yourself. Just let us Yeah, yeah for sure. So my name is Charlotte. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a third year here at UVA. And um, I'm the secretary of the NIDA Campus Warriors Club here at UVA. It's a very new, we, our president just reached out to NIDA and kind of established it after winter breaks are kind of just the spring. And it's just kind of just about bringing awareness to grounds about eating disorders, because we didn't really have something like this before. And I think that at UVA, like, we definitely are like pretty progressive about like talking about mental health. But I think disordered eating and eating disorders is like kind of left out of the conversation a lot. So that's what like our goal kind of is like coming into this. Could you tell us a little bit about why you decided to join uh, Campus Warriors and why you were so passionate about the work that they do? Yeah, for sure. As someone who's in recovery, I think something that I like realized is really important is to like have a community and like that can look like a lot of different things. Like I think friends and family are a big part of it too, but I think it's really, it's really important to have like people that like understand what you're going through. Uh, and I think that's kind of hard to find when there isn't an organization like this, because again, like it's not really something that's brought up that much, but I, it's crazy, like how many people you realize around you are struggling with the same thing. And I think like, especially in college where things like diet culture and disordered eat, and like, there's so many things that are tied with it too. I think for me, it was definitely like, this is something that I wished I had, it, even like if people are coming in as first years. And even if you don't have an eating disorder, or if you're struggling with disordered eating, or you don't even know about it, and then you fall into this, um, it can be really scary. And it's really isolating. And I think just having a group like this on grounds will be really helpful um, for people. And like, that's like something I wish I had earlier on. But um, yeah, I'm hoping to like bring that for other people too. Thank you for feeling comfortable enough to share it. What would you say to students that might be hesitant or that want to reach out or even want to help? And what's the way in which they can get in contact with you guys so that they can find the community that you've talked about? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I know it's it's really scary. Um, first of all, like if you are struggling with something, like if it's disordered eating, eating disorder, you don't even know body image stuff. Like it's, and there's like a whole, I guess it's just a whole spectrum of, different things that you could be struggling with but in reaching out can be really really challenging I think just putting it out there that this is a safe space and like we're not here to force anyone to do anything like people you have to be ready like for recovery like for yourself um it's not something that like I can convince you to do but just I want people to know that like we're a safe space. We're happy to be here for anyone who is willing to reach out and we're happy to be of support, connect to resources. Yeah. Beautiful. That's good to know for those listening. Like you touched on this a little bit, but because you're a recently established club, I was wondering what, what kind of gap you were, you were hoping to fill with this organization. Cause there are like I, I know there are other organizations that work on similar issues, maybe, but not specifically targeted at eating disorders. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I agree. I mean, there's obviously, I don't know. I think there's like, it's kind of unspoken almost like there's not, 
there's I know at least for us we don't have an explicit like outreach on like disordered eating or anything and it's really prevalent um on grounds but I just just there wasn't a place to kind of like open up a discussion about that so I think that's like kind of what we're aiming to do is like bridge that gap even just like establishing like a cup like this I think can bring other people in that maybe we're thinking the same thing and brainstorm as to like how we can do that like better bring awareness obviously there's a specific week which happened last week dedicated to uh eating disorder awareness but what is what are the campus warriors doing outside of that week to continue the conversation around eating disorders yeah definitely I think that it was good and bad that um, we had this week like pretty much at the beginning um like when our club started I think it was a great chance to get the word out there about us like we did a lot of tabling and yeah trying to spread the word that that we're a club established you know but I think like going on we have different walks we're definitely going to do fundraising to support our club but also um, NIDA and other organizations like them working to money into treatment and research and resources for people who are struggling yeah, I think we're just really trying to bring a group together who are passionate about this and just really offer support for everyone um, on grounds. I'm excited to see what you guys do. It's a really important organization. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, of course. Thanks for reaching Thanks for out. This is so exciting. Students have the power to create and foster the environment they see best fit. There are many other efforts in relation to body positivity at UVA, but one in particular that encompasses support in truly all aspects of life is ifyourreadingthis.org. Ifyourreadingthis.org was established in the fall of 2016 by Alexandra Fentel. Ifyourreadingthis.org shares, quote, students often feel that professional counseling somehow lacks a deeper connection, but fear reaching out to their friends as they are afraid of feeling like a burden. Fearing judgment, this search for support can be discouraging and perpetuates the culture of suffering in silence, end quote. The current president of the organization is fourth-year Betsy McDonald. She herself wrote a letter this past fall sharing her story. Here we are with Betsy McDonald. Betsy, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Betsy. Uh, use she, her pronouns. I'm a fourth-year media studies major, and I am the president of ifyourreadingthis.org here at UVA. Can you tell us a little bit about what ifyourreadingthis.org is? Yeah, so If You're Reading This is a student-run website here that seeks to reduce the stigma around mental health and mental illness by sharing weekly letters from UVA students, faculty, alumni, deans. We've had letters from Coach Tony Bennett. Jim Ryan has written a letter. So really trying to sort of be able to put faces to people's experiences, trying to use social media for positive storytelling, and again, to try to reduce that stigma around mental health here on grounds. How did you, how did you end up getting involved in if, if You're Reading This, and how did you become president? Yeah, so I found, if you're reading this, my first year when I was going through a very difficult time in my life. I have struggled with mental illness since I was like 13 years old, but coming to college was really difficult for me. And I struggled a lot with the transition and ended up sort of entering one of like sort of the deepest depressive episodes I've been in in my entire life. And during that, my mom was really like grasping for resources wherever she could find them to try to help me, I think it's always hard when your kids are away from home and like going through something like that. But she found if you're reading this.org in the parents network and sent it to me. And I remember reading the letters as a first year. And I'd felt up until then, like my entire UVA experience, I'd felt like I was like the only person who was like going through things. I felt very isolated. I felt like everyone at UVA was so accomplished and so high achieving and just like could put everything else aside. And so my mom sent me 
the website and I remember reading the letters and being like, wow, like there are other students who experience these things and there are other students who I've seen and like heard of and are so successful and who I admire so much, but like also go through these things as well and that both of those things can exist. That doesn't make you any less of a good fit for this place or any less of a person. So I think finding if you're reading this my first year really transformed what my college experience could look like and how I viewed myself as a person here. Then my second year when I came back, I was sort of in this like transformative like growth period of my life. I was trying to sort of get involved in things that I was really passionate about. And so I wanted to get involved in if you're reading this because it had meant so much to me my first year. I joined as the marketing chair. Third year, I became the vice president. And then I'm the president for my fourth year, which has been a really nice sort of like full circle way, I think, to get to be involved in something that's meant so much to me. And that has so fundamentally changed like my life and my college experience. Being on the other end of it has been so rewarding. No, absolutely. I love to hear the process of how you kind of came into the position and how much if you're reading this meant to you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about like if someone is interested in writing a letter or if someone is looking for a resource like for the, for the letters that helped you out, how they can access that or how they can submit a letter to be published? Yeah, so first thing in terms of like finding us, seeing what we're all about, I'd say our Instagram is very much like the easiest way. It's um, at if you're reading this org and we share all of our weekly letters there with the picture of the author. So I always think that's really cool to like scroll through and be like, oh my gosh, who do I know? Who's written one? What have they experienced? But if you aren't on social media, you can always just go to our website, which is if you're reading this.org. Um, and then you'll go to the UVA chapter page. We were the first chapter ever. And then if you're interested in writing a letter, I think one of the really common like misconceptions about if you're reading this, people all the time are like, like do I need to be asked or like nominated? The answer is like, absolutely not. I definitely like will reach out to people one-on-one who um, I know, but like we get most of our letters just from submission through the website. So on our website, there is a submission portal. You can submit it through there. It's super easy. Letters are generally like one page in length and they start with like, if you're reading this, and then some sort of sentiment that you feel sums up your letter. I think everyone has a story to tell. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't really have anything to share. Everyone has something that's been meaningful that has shaped them to who they are, that they've struggled through, and that has made them better. I think reading them can like make us better people because we like can understand each other better. I always would encourage people to submit letters. Um, and if you're on the fence, if you like have questions about it, just like DM us on Instagram or no, absolutely. On the note of submitting letters, you wrote one yourself, correct? I did. I did. Do you want to tell us a little bit, if you're comfortable, a little bit about why you decided to write the letter and if you're willing to read a little snippet from it? Yes. So I think I always knew after I found the website that I was going to write a letter eventually. But I put off writing one for a really long time because I was like, I need to wait until I'm like better to write it. Like I need to wait until I'm like fully recovered or like fully healed and until I'm like the best version of myself and then I can reflect on all these things that I've been through. And I got to like my third year, um, I'd gotten out of eating disorder treatment and all these things and I sort of realized like for me, there is not ever gonna be some like fully 100% better, 100% perfect time where I'll be like looking back on this. Like for me, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be in the midst of this. I'll always have to be choosing my mental health. I'll always have to be choosing recovery and those things. Like, this is something that I will likely live with. And so I was like, that's what I'll write my letter about. I'll write my letter about 
what it means to like know that you're going to live with something like this long term um, and like learning to accept that. So this is the sort of like end of my letter, but it goes, as corny as it sounds, I've always tried to think of my life with mental illness as a hike in the mountains. Some days I'm heading up in metaphorical altitude and some days I'm heading down, but each day I am consciously choosing to step forward no matter where that will lead me. What I've come to realize is that I don't have to go on this hike alone. Sometimes the bravest thing any of us can do is ask for help over and over and over again. No matter what my body looks like or what phase of my journey I'm in, I deserve to experience love, respect, friendship, and joy. And if you're reading this, you deserve that too. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming and talking with us today. I'm sure that your words were really meaningful for a lot of people. And everyone, go read some letters. There are some really good ones out there, including Betsy's. So yeah, thank you for joining us. There is power in vulnerability and the feeling of peer support, whether direct or indirect, can be the difference to the path of recovery. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of On Record. This episode was written and edited by Grace Fluharty and Ariana Aronson. This episode was produced by Grace Fluharty. This episode was hosted by Nabil Raza and Ariana Aronson.